There are very specific things I'm doing this year to actually prevent colds and the flu. And so far, I'm 2-0, which I am thrilled about after doing a ton of research in addition to taking a broad-spectrum probiotic, beta-glucan, which is a prebiotic, and echinacea. I've been taking vitamin D3 with K2 daily since the fall started. Specifically, I'm taking MD Logic's vitamin D3 and K2, which contains two different forms of K2 and is emulsified in olive oil, not vegetable oils. Even with a diet rich in vitamin D, most people, including myself, trend very low in vitamin D during the winter. Approximately 42% of the U.S. population is deficient in vitamin D. Study upon study shows that vitamin D supplementation effectively prevents respiratory tract infections. Supplementation has been associated with fewer colds, and it also protects against major chronic diseases. When supplementing with vitamin D, it's crucial that you take D3 with K2. Taking vitamin D3 and K2 ensures the calcium transported via vitamin D is absorbed by your bones, which is what it's supposed to do, rather than accumulating in deposits in your arteries. Most vitamin D supplements on the market do not contain K2, which is crucial. I highly recommend MD Logic's vitamin D3 plus K2 supplement, especially during the fall and winter months, which contains two different forms of K2 known as MK4 and MK7. MK4 has been shown to promote healthy bone density and maintain strong bones, while MK7 is more bioavailable and usable by the body long term. I haven't found one before that has two forms, so I'm thrilled. To get my favorite high-quality D3 with K2 that's tested for contaminants, go to mdlogichealth.com forward slash D3 and use coupon code WELLFED for 10% off. That's mdlogichealth.com forward slash D3 and use coupon code WELLFED for 10% off and you always get free shipping on orders of $50 or more. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome back to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 453. Today, our topics will include extreme period pain and supplements, what to do about it, dealing with the prices of nutrient-dense foods, increasing your stomach acid, and we'll round it out with a little bit of discussion about SPF for your face. Stephanie Rupert is here with me, founder of Paleo for Women, author of Sexy by Nature amazing woman all around just winner welcome stephanie hello just winner thank you it's an honor and a privilege how are y'all doing fantastic over here you know just trying to live a life just trying to live a life so anything new from you so we we caught up last week or two weeks ago about you you're living in the sunshiny durham area any new updates anything you can share about your personal life, about, <laughs> about no, getting the, sh- the head shake, no, about, um, <laughs> are you, are you eventually going, this is my one question, are you, are you eventually going to, like, gr- are you living with somebody right now, or are you eventually, like, I'm going to rent an apartment, or move to a condo, or something? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I have to live somewhere. Um, so I fortunately landed with somebody who has let me stay until 
I find a new place and I have found a group of people that I was going to move in with, although we're texting currently about how that process is going to go. And anyway, we'll see. (laughs) Um, But yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I I do feel comfortable signing for a place that's going to be, you know, a a commitment is six to nine months, maybe 12 would be a lot. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about that. Physical health wise, I am titrating down my coffee usage, which I think is really good for me and a lot of, um, for a lot of reasons. So we could talk about that. I've also been supplementing with B vitamins, which has been really great. We could also talk about that. Wait. Okay. I, where, where was, what was that question? Was it over text message? Yeah, I, I did text you about B vitamins, um, a few weeks back, I think. Okay. Go ahead. I found it. Pretty sure it's this all caps. Text. This is the text from Stephanie, guys, that I got a few weeks ago. Uh, new text. B vitamins. New text. Is my request. New text. I have been supplementing. New text. Life changing. New text. So much to share. New text. LOL. New text. That sequence of texts can be my question for us. <laughs> I'm one of those friends, you know how like some friends, like they'll send one text and it's a paragraph. I'm one of those friends who sends like 20. You are not that friend. You are a friend who sends a new text for each word or like, or (laughs) each word or like mental, not even sentence, but like mental thought. Like you have a thought and it's like thought, thought, thought. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thought gets its own line. So yeah, B vitamins are changing my life and they, they might, they might, I think they're a big piece of the equation for me. And I've done a lot of like, wow, this is it. But a lot of things, you know, and, and then they like, they help for a while and then they don't. And what so prompted vitamins, you to start taking B vitamins? I started taking them on accident because I started eating grape nuts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love that sentence. Sorry. <laughs> So I started eating breakfast cereal and I was having difficulty sleeping. Throw back remembered. to the 90s. Yeah. Grape nuts. I remembered I I had entirely forgotten that cereals are fortified. And yes, right, right. And so I was accidentally supplementing with B vitamins and stuff was happening. Like my heart was racing, but I was also sleeping better. It was all this weird stuff. Oh no. And then I like started doing some research about it. And, you know, I have the, um, the C667T, um, MTHFR mutation. Yes. And so I've always known that that like does things to B vitamins, something methylation, something, but I never really dug into it. And, you know, for every article you read that says people with these conditions would benefit from supplementing with B vitamins, you can find another one that says, well, look, B vitamins are plentiful in the diet, whether you're a vegetarian or not. And so you'll be fine and everything is unclear and everybody's like just fine. And the stuff about MTHFR is exaggerated and you're fine. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. there's, so, there's so much of that in in standard literature. You know, if, if, if you look at the first page of Google search results on a lot of things, like you'll just find a lot of, well, you're fine. Things have been exaggerated. You're fine. But of of course, like, I mean, these things, these mutations have also been studied rigorously and it has been demonstrated that there are quite statistical correlations between having the mutations and 
various predisposition to different kinds of problems. So I was like, all right, I'm I'm going to like, I'm going to read about this. I'm going to take this seriously, you know, and I'm, I'm not eating a vegetarian diet right now, but I, my diet's not high in red meat. I actually have some search pages open right now for like grass-fed local meats here in the North Carolina area because I want to be really intentional yeah. about making sure that I bring that bringing that back into my diet. I've been eating a ton of eggs. Eggs are like, you know, they're my staple right now. I just, I, so that prompted me to, to get curious and to revisit. And as it turns out, B vitamin, low B vitamin intake and levels um, is this associated with uh, migraines and headaches and all kinds of conditions that I have all like so many of the things. And, you know, so magnesium is like super, super important for the brain, but guess what? B6 is a cofactor. Yes. Or magnesium functioning to help the body produce GABA, which is a neurotransmitter. I think I'm very low on. It's the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter in the brain. Right. And so like there are actually magnesium supplements with B6 in them. Not, you know, there are, they exist. Mm -hmm. Yes. As Noel knows. So (laughs) sorry. Yeah. And so like, so the, the MTHFR mutation tends to the one that I have tends to be affiliated with you know, uh, decreased capacities in uh, methylation pathways and decreased availability in the body of the usable forms of B6, B9, and B12. And so I start supplementing with those things. And I like sit by a window and, and look out at the sky and it doesn't bother me. And that might sound wild, but I don't know like people who are with me in my day-to-day life understand that my sensitivity to light is one of the primary determining factors of my life. Like going outside, driving, sitting by windows, being under different kinds of light, diffuse light, like all this kind of stuff is really like I'm sitting in the, in the dark corner right now. And, and uh, for that reason, and it's, it's been getting better, remarkably better. And the B vitamins are also like, they sustain neuron health and nerve health. And I have such poor circulation, like in, in like in my nerves or something that in the winter, like I have to wear socks if it's lower than 50, like really thick socks mm-hmm. or I get like frostbite on my toes. Right. And like, yeah. and I can just kind of feel like I I, I have with me right here. Oh, interesting. Like, um, so is it a B complex or what are you? Well, so I'm actually, I'm not taking a complex right now. I, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm taking six, nine and 12. And I also have one because B, B1 intake is affiliated with migraines. And if, if your neurons aren't healthy, if your synapses aren't healthy, like your, your brain doesn't work like that. That's like, that's like the definition of health, right? Yeah, um, totally. And in migraines are associated with like like electric signals in the brain not not working not not getting across properly and low B vitamin levels low B six levels are all like they're affiliated with like a poor um, the body like struggling to maintain sodium and potassium balance and hydration and that's something that I like have noticed and been playing with and trying to figure out and it's all just like I don't know a lot of the pieces are coming together so I've been supplementing. All of which is to say, you know, if you have a health condition, it's uh, it's, it's 
it's important to to try to understand how it's like actually impacting your personal health. And I just always just sort of was like, well, everybody says you're fine. I'm just going to shelve this because sometimes what, so when I supplement with B vitamins, my head kind of hurts a little bit. And so what I do is I have like a little bit at a time, like I be, I bite a little corner of it every few hours. And I think if I, if I took these, like, I don't know why, I don't know why I get a headache, but I do, I get a headache when I take a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also wondering if that's a short-term thing and long-term, it's going to continue restoring my neuron health because B vitamins are water soluble. And they always say, well, it's really hard to overtake them. You can take a huge dose and you won't be deficient in them for very long because, you know, they like are replenishable very quickly in your body. So if you start taking them, then you should be able to like restore your values. But if you've been deteriorating your neuron health through like chronic overexcitation of the brain, so like neuro uh, excitotoxicity, <laughs> which is like chronic inflammation of the brain, chronic hyperstimulation of the brain, excitability in the brain. I, I, that's been my problem for ages. That's why I can't look at bright lights. Bright lights are overstimulating, right? Hmm. So like if I've been chronically doing that to my brain or experiencing that state in my brain, it's going to take, I think it's going to take a while for my body to help replenish those mm -hmm. neurons. So low and slow, I'm going low and slow, <laughs> trying to replenish those levels, but also be patient with hopefully helping my, my brain come a little bit back online, reduce the, you know, the over excitation that I've been living with. And I think also, of course, decreasing my coffee intake is, is, is going to help me with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, I mean, I was on that for like very specific reasons, trying to just like keep going as well. Yeah. So anyway, it's all complicated and we were just going to do a brief intro this week. So thanks. <laughs> I'll update you later. <laughs> I No, I think that that's good. I think it'll be very interesting to see how you respond once you do take out coffee because coffee does deplete. I mean, it can kind of the caffeine in general, caffeine, not coffee. Let's be yeah. clear what it is. It's caffeine. Caffeine can actually drain or burn through magnesium quicker. So and B6. <laughs> And be sick. So so that that can throw you off a of balance if you have like this regular caffeine coffee habit. It can also, you know, I'd be interested to see once you because like farms and um, like local farms and pasteurized meats and all that kind of stuff. There's I'm sure there's an incredible resource all around you. I haven't looked specifically in Durham, but I do know North Carolina is rich in a lot of regenerative agriculture and and you know, close by farms and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see once you get, you know, plugged into your local communities, farmers markets, grass-fed meats, for, you know, farmers, all that kind of stuff. If you're regularly consuming meats in that way and then decreasing your coffee intake, I wonder what effect that will have. Like it may become even more effective. You may find that you need less of it. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because you've been in the UK so long. <laughs> And this is the first time you've been in a sunny, warm state condition. Yeah, I think it matters. It matters so much. Like when I was in the UK, I just, and it was damp and cloudy. <laughs> I just couldn't wait to get back. Like that's something I'm done compromising on. As much as I love it there, it's just not worth it to me. And I want to be in a place like I've got all these websites open of and I found all these local farms that are like woman run or like support black farmers and local community. And I can't wait. Like I want to be here and this yeah. I just, I'm starting over and like being here in my community and 
not so stressed out by the rat race that I'm just like obsessively working all the time, trying to like, I felt like that cat that like hang in there meme, you know, mm, yeah, my whole cool. life. Like you're just fighting for a foothold to stay in that world and to stay on top. And I'm just done. Like I want to be in community. I'm volunteering regularly. I'm that's awesome. Like this is, yeah. I'm Kudos just, to I'm, you. I mean, a, a lot of people don't have the self-awareness to see that they're in the middle of that rat race and pull themselves out of it. I do feel like this generation, specifically our community, but also millennials, 30, 40 somethings, I feel like we're becoming way more aware of that. And instead of being swept up in it, we're actually intentionally saying, whoa, like I kind of like I'm going to be intentional about doing the opposite thing. And I do see this shift happening even on social media where a lot of people are spending less time there in our generation. Like you'll see the boomers, you see a lot of older adults spend a lot of time on social media now. They're on Facebook all the time and Instagram all the time. And you kind of are seeing our generation, the generation that like got swept up in it and had it from the day we were, you know, in high school and college. You like a lot of us are taking a step back because we can feel it the impact that it has on our mental and emotional health, on our nervous system, on our contentment, on our, especially with all this AI stuff. I mean, so many things are now false realities. We have designers posting pictures, inspirational pictures of houses and rooms that are fake. And you would not be able to tell it. Nobody took that picture. That house is not real. Those trees are not real. The lighting is not real. Nobody lives there. And we can't, and we're happy. And so it's it's almost like 2.0 of airbrushing and Photoshop. And we're not looking at real faces. We're not looking at real bodies. We're not looking at real houses. And so it's just a recipe for feeling like you need to do more. You need to fix yourself more. You need to go on another diet. You need to work harder. You need to get, you know, improve the way your house looks and the design and what you have. And it's it's a recipe for disaster when it comes to being able to hold realistic expectations to remain grounded. You're, you know, what you feel happy with, feeling dissatisfied with your life because you perceive that everybody else is living better lives. It's not reality. And it's becoming so overwhelming I think for a lot of creators who are there regularly, who are trying to like stay connected, I think a lot of people though too, who are just consumers are kind of like fed up. They're fed up. They want more reality, more relationships, more intentionality with staying, you know, present. It's really hard. So (sighs) the world. The world. Yeah. And I just... Yeah. Like I said, in our last podcast, I think um, adulthood is a lot of reckoning with things we thought were going to fulfill us, you know, Mm -hmm. and life is short and community like, you know, yeah, just participating and contributing without putting exorbitant demands on yourself about what that means. (laughs) Okay. That's it. That's it. Yes. Period. (laughs) Love it. Anything else before we jump into questions? Sorry. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. That's what people are here for. Um, Oh, okay. Hey, quick announcement. I have officially launched Pure Magnesium Lysinate Glycinate. When I launched More Chill Magnesium, a lot of you were like, yo, I don't want the L-theanine in here. 
One of the things that a lot of people were asking about is, is this safe for pregnancy? More chill magnesium does have L-theanine with the magnesium. L-theanine hasn't been tested on pregnant women. It's not that it's not safe. It just hasn't been tested. So for many reasons, I wanted to just launch a pure magnesium lysinate glycinate, a calming, relaxing form of magnesium. You can take this, talk with your doctor, of course, but you can take this as a supplement to increase your magnesium levels. Kids 12 plus can actually take this if they're good with capsules. Make sure you talk with your doctor, of course, about appropriate amount for 12-year-olds. But typically, the RDA is very similar to adults. And also for anybody who just wants to raise serum magnesium levels, if you just want a solid form of magnesium and you don't need that extra hit of chill, <laughs> magnesium glycinate, glycinate is fantastic. It does help improve sleep. It does help reduce restlessness and feelings of overwhelm, and it helps support the stress response. So this is something, for example, that my husband's going to be taking nightly while I'll take more chill. Right now, we are launching it. So it's uh, launching officially November 9th, although we were having it uh, up online and we're testing it right now. So in 48 hours from when this podcast launches, the 9th, November 9th to the 19th, use code WELLFED15 for 15% off one bottle. Use code WELLFED20 for 20% off two or more bottles on wellminerals.us. Okay, question number one is from Elizabeth. She says, supplements to take to help extreme period pain. I currently take a prenatal magnesium, zinc, probiotic, vitamin D, and fish oil. Definitely notice the cycles. And when I'm consistent with taking my supplement, it helps all of my symptoms overall during menstruation. But is there anything you would add to further assist primarily pain. I have cramps for maybe the first three days of my cycle, and then they are extreme, like cannot sleep through them. Taking round-the-clock Advil, if I stop, I can't function. Often, I will sleep with a heating pad on, and I still wake up in pain. I know constant use of pain meds is not helpful for my gut. I also have IBS SIBO symptoms I have for years, and my MD will not order tests to further investigate. I just want to keep my gut as healthy as possible, always working to add in more greens, probiotic foods when I can. I feel this is a loaded question, but love your loaded answers. Love the podcast. Never stop recording. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Elizabeth. That was sweet. Yeah, it's a super loaded question. And here's why extreme period pain is not normal and not something we just have to knuckle through. Like so many people have just been told, just like a suit, like, you know, you're turning 11, you're turning 12, you're, whatever, you start your period and it was like, you're going to have cramps and it's going to suck. And that's just like normal. Mm -hmm. What the heck? Like, I, you know, like, I mean, yeah, like, sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's normal insofar as it happens a lot. And it's part, it's part of many people's experiences, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. And there are things that we can do for this. And, you know, I just, I can sort of read in this question, a little bit of a framing of like, well, my period is really, really painful. And how do I live with that? Yeah. As right. opposed to like, what can I do to change that? Yeah. Um, extreme period pain is a sign that it, you might have something serious um, going on. Nope. I'm going to reframe that. It is very likely, or I might even just say it is a sign. I just, I've had so many friends who like get their period and then like go curl up in a ball on their bathroom floor or on the toilet because they're bleeding really heavy and it like, and sometimes they throw up and it's mm. like, I just remember people going through that and being like, well, I just, this is what my period is like. I'm like, no, <laughs> like yeah. what can we do about this? So 
sorry, I don't mean to get really worked up. I just like, I'm, my heart hurts and I'm so hopeful that there is a path forward for you because these things are, are, they're very difficult, but I do believe that while taking steps to just like get through the pain while you have to, because your period is going to keep happening, let's do that. But also let's see what we can do about making this not, not a problem. So moving forward, uh, do what you have to. If you're taking over the counter painkillers, ibuprofen, right? Uh, that's uh, is more muscle relaxing, I believe. It's, it's hard for me. It's it's uh, not sorry. Um, what is it in the UK? It's uh, paracetamol, I believe. Anyway, ibuprofen, I believe, is the most muscle relaxing of the over the counter drugs. So I would start there. But again, we don't. You know, those things in my experience, like with my headaches my body does get used to like it, it it gets used to them painkillers are almost completely not effective for me if i rotate through them they like can have a little bit more effectiveness but I, like like the body can can adjust to that as you know because they sort of intersect with the like with inflammation and pain and, and, and your body can can just adjust to that and it just becomes normal and then you need a higher dose and x y and z things so i think you know, magnesium helps. The heating pad is a great shout. Um, and uh, yeah, painkillers, if you gotta, if you gotta. Also, I know a lot of people who low sugar diets are really helpful for this. Reducing inflammation, the amount of inflammation in your diet, really helpful for this, right? So like there's reducing inflammation, and your body's potential to have an inflammatory response can be key here, right? And this is why like the fish oil stuff can really help a lot. And ways that you can reduce inflammation do include reducing the sugar in your diet and being attentive to blood sugar swings because that can be inflammatory. So that's one thing. We also want to look at our omega-6, omega-3 balance. That's another thing. Reducing the amount of omega-6s, vegetable oils in our diet, increasing the amount of uh, anti-inflammatory foods. So like fish, so like grass-fed meat, so like eggs, so like a high nutrient, micronutrient diet can be really helpful. And of course, like antioxidant foods can be really helpful for that. So berries and greens and all that kind of stuff. Of course, like you said, gut health is really helpful for that. Vitamin D, super helpful for all of that. I highly recommend sunshine. Like I said, I'm, I shoot for an hour a day if I can, but supplementing with vitamin D can also help with that and a diet rich in bountiful animal fat, soluble fats, A, D, K, E, all that kind of stuff. Very helpful. B vitamins, throw them on top. They're great. Um, <laughs> so all that kind of stuff, but... If you haven't spoken with a doctor about your period pain, I would start here or functional medicine practitioner uh, and speak with somebody who has a holistic, we're going to ground up, like try to get to the bottom of this kind of approach. Um, endometriosis is something that you might want to look into as something that you might have. And in that case, you also want to look at immune system support to help yourself because that is really significantly associated with period pain. And there were other kinds of things that could be contributing to this, but like endometriosis is, is one of the most common and you can like get actual procedures, not procedures, but like tests done to see if that's something that you have. And if it is, then you can like really troubleshoot it. And again, I would recommend working with a functional medicine practitioner because 
there's a lot of different approaches to endometriosis and you can end up with a doctor who's like, let's go in there and like do procedures. But you, and you might want to do that, but you also might want to try immune system support and dietary approaches first. So yeah, I'm not saying you necessarily have endometriosis, but it's one of the things that is really significantly associated with intense period pain and very heavy periods. I'll leave it at that for now. Noelle? Something that I think every woman should be taking in order to maintain muscle mass is essential amino acids. It's what I take daily, and I have an awesome discount for you on exactly what I take. Most of us have the goal of aging well and maintaining or even building muscle mass. In order to do this, your body needs sufficient amino acids because they are the building blocks of your tissues. What we found in the research is that most women aren't getting enough essential amino acids, and they actually show that our needs increase as we age. This can be a huge problem as essential amino acids are vital for muscle protein synthesis, tissue repair, and nutrient absorption. Amino acids aren't just for people who do strength training. No matter what you do for activity, amino acids are essential. Kion Aminos is my fundamental supplement for fitness. I personally have been taking the Kion Amino capsules daily, both on workout days and off days, to support my body's amino acid requirements. I also take creatine now daily to support strength and recovery. Creatine supports the maintenance of muscle mass as you age and even has benefits for brain health. Kion is backed by over 20 years of clinical research, has the highest quality ingredients, no fillers or junk, and undergoes rigorous quality testing, which is music to my ears. They make essential amino acids available in capsules or flavored powders. A lot of you said I can't do capsules. Get the essential amino acids powders. You can just mix those with water and the powders taste great. If you want to naturally boost energy, build lean muscle, and enhance athletic performance, get Keon Aminos. You can save 20% on all subscriptions, which is what I have. Just go to getkeon.com forward slash wellfed. That's getkeon, G-E-T-K-I-O-N. Dot com forward slash wellfed to get my fundamental supplements for fitness, Keon Aminos. Well, you're right on because when she posted this in the Facebook group, a couple of people came and said, have you ever been tested for endometriosis? Because these are classic signs. So I will say this when you like the amount of um, frustration I felt when you said my MD won't order tests to further investigate, like it makes me oh, I miss like want to punch yeah. you off. So here's what I will say for you. Something is going on. Symptoms do not just happen for no reason. This is not normal. If your MD is not willing to investigate further with you, you have to find a new doctor. You have to get a second or third opinion. This is your life. This is your health. This is like time. This is your time and your health and your sanity. And it's not going to get better if you don't know what is going on. So find another another primary care physician who will actually listen to you if you don't have the money for a functional medicine doctor right at this moment. Look for a more holistic practitioner who is a primary care physician who will actually listen to you. Go to an OBGYN or a midwifery group who will actually listen to you. My midwifery group is completely covered by insurance. They're a more holistic practice and they work out of a hospital and they're amazing. And after I, you know, postpartum, they were like, let's take a bunch of tests. Let's look at your hormones. Let's look at your thyroid. Let's look at all this stuff. Go find that. They are around. There's some got to be somebody, even if you drive an hour, it is worth it because what you're experiencing is awful and it's not normal. And 
you need to find people, a care team to team up with to figure out what's at the root. I would definitely recommend getting some hormonal testing. If you can save up and wait for a functional medicine practitioner, maybe you can do something virtually. Maybe you can do like run one or two tests that they recommend. A Dutch test is going to be about five to seven hundred dollars. It's a huge investment, but the the what you get, the information that you get, and the time that that saves you is incredible. And so maybe you can't do that right now. What you can do is try to find somebody locally that is, you know, going to be able to partner with you and actually hear you out on your symptoms because you you do not deserve to continue to go through life like this. This is not normal. So hormonal imbalances, number one, you have to be able to figure out, do I have, you know, high estrogen is what what's going on? What's under the hood is number one. Number two, actually getting tested and seeing if you do have endometriosis is number two. And then there are a few things. Somebody mentioned cramp bark, and I looked into this further. It is worth it in order to manage your symptoms right now in the moment because you're obviously, you know, experiencing extreme pain. So how do you manage that? Cramp bark is actually European cranberry bush. Viburnum opulus is the technical name, the scientific name. Interestingly enough, some research indicates that cramp bark fruit, I love extracts. I love herbal tinctures for treating symptoms because there is research behind them. Some research indicates that cramp bark can help relax muscles and blood vessels, which can relieve pain and reduce blood pressure. Other herbal supplements from that family, such as like black haw, may also have similar effects. There is, I looked it up, uh, Wish Garden Herbs is a herbal company that I have used in the past when I was having a lot of uh, mastitis and it helped a lot. They have a cramp bark. There's a few other brands that make like cramp bark tincture. Try that. See if that helps. The only other thing that I would consider experimenting with is just try adaptogens. So something like valerian root or Vitex. Organifi has that harmony blend. You can try that. That has the Vitex in it. And Vitex has been shown to help reduce PMS symptoms. So and it's going to influence your hormonal system and, you know, through an like an adaptogenic way. So it's only going to give you what your body needs when you need it. It's going to, it's not going to make you, you know, put out more of one hormone that you don't need, or, you know, it's going to have positive influences on the hormonal system and even like cortisol and stress response. So I would start there ASAP to help manage the pain and see if that relieves some of it while you figure out what is actually going on, what's at the root of these symptoms. Anything else from you? No. No, I agree. Okay. Question number two is from Lauren. She says, how do you prioritize eating nutrient-dense foods when buying all grass-fed, organic, pasture-raised, et cetera, isn't in the budget? Yeah, that's tough. It really depends on where you live and what's what's available to you. So I have been, I've just, I've just moved to the North Carolina area, for example, and I've been on Google looking at options for pasture-raised stuff. And I have found local farms and some you know, a lot of the cuts just seem like way out of what I would like to be paying right now. But some of them are are comparable to grocery stores. And I've also found another organization that like it like networks between all the farms and like helps people figure out what the best deals are and that kind of stuff. And so before dismissing grass fed, pasture raised out of hand, look for what's in your area. 
like really you know, do some searching. And and there were local farms, you know, who set up egg stands on the side of the road and that and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you can also do like meat shares where people purchase a whole thing and then you freeze your meat if you can or subscription services. Those can be a little bit cheaper. You could get like a box delivered every week. Those can be like kind of more affordable in that sense. And just and go ahead. And if you can like get, get the cuts that are the least expensive. Uh, also organ meats tend to be like the least, least expensive. And so if you feel like you can't really afford something like you could at least perhaps afford that and or eggs. So just, uh, I, I would, I would do that. I would really research that and look into that. That I mean, I would do that. I am currently doing that. That's what I was doing before we got on this call. And it's what I will be doing when we get off this call. And so those are, those are like some options. Now, if they're like not available to you, if they're not in your area at all, although I think they're kind of everywhere now, you know, and even if you're in big cities, like then there are just like all these groups of people or box shares and people have farmers markets and they come into the city and they sell their goods to like all the wealthy communities. You know, it's, it's you can like drive to, you know, to those, to those areas where the farmer markers are markets are and all that kind of stuff. So I do think that there are options, but if you feel like you don't have options and they don't fit in your life for whatever reason, fine, you know, fine. It's, it's, you're, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Like, do I think that there is real value to going out of our way to supporting these people if we can afford it and to supporting our bodies with their products if we can afford it? Yes. Yeah, I think you're going to be fine. Make sure that you get organ meats then because they're so nutrient dense that they can kind of make up for what you might be missing if you're not having farm-raised red meat on the table every other day, for example. But if you have organ meats once a week or twice a week, it might be able to help you make up for that, you know? Or like I said, man, I love eggs. You know, nature's multivitamin. We love eggs. I love eggs. So try that. In terms of produce, I do not buy any organic fresh produce. I'm just going to like go ahead and say that right now. I just don't. I just don't. I'm. Would I like to? Am I on a path to being in that place where that's in my budget? Yes. Getting off coffee is... (laughs) a part of helping me rebalance my budget. But I buy frozen fruits and vegetables. I eat so many frozen blueberries, so much frozen broccoli and kale and spinach. Um, that's 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 what I do. Um, and it's for me, I, you know, like I do want to move to supporting local agriculture, but frozen food is typically frozen right off of the vine. and the nutrient quality in foods declines over time. So if you're getting your produce from halfway around the world and it's been on a boat, it's been in a shipping container or whatever, uh, that the quality of the nutrients and it does, it does decline over time or it sits in your fridge for a week, you know? So flash frozen are budget friendly, especially in the United States. So like Produce is actually, I didn't know this until I left. Produce is subsidized in the UK. And so it's it has remained quite affordable. And I came back to the United States. I was like, you can't be serious that this is how much produce costs right now. I was like, you well, can't yeah. be serious. Yeah, it's Frozen not- is still affordable. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I personally do. Yeah. Prices, food prices are nuts right now. There is no getting around it. Every single farmer's market 
the the farms around you where you can purchase locally. And I ended up finding because we've moved a lot, right? We lived in Maryland. We lived in uh, PA. We moved now here to Northern Virginia. And every time I have to almost like reorient myself. I'm surprised that just how hard it is sometimes to find your local farm. Like it takes it takes work. You know, we when we were in Philly, I had to like go to a few different farms, try, test some stuff at farmers markets. We finally found the farmers market that had the one farm that was from New Jersey that brought our we could order online. They would bring our order to us. I could go, you know, to northern Philly and get get my order and you know, so it and sometimes I would drive an hour and a half to the farm and pick up a bunch of stuff and drive back. And so it does take some effort, but it is worth it. So you can selectively figure out what am I going to prioritize? If you can prioritize eggs, right now eggs are expensive everywhere. I order mine from Polyface. They are about the exact same of what's in the grocery store, but I order direct from them. They have drops and they drop all the way up here in Northern Virginia. They're in the Shenandoah Valley. And so maybe that's something that you can do. Maybe you can incorporate some organ meats, like Steph said, in general, when I look at some of the local like Polyface, even Polyface, which is very, it's like they're not making a huge profit. Like they're trying to make it affordable. I don't buy, like we used to buy skirt steak every once in a while or flank steak. And now I'm like, goodness, like it's just, it's just so expensive. We basically buy ground beef. And so you can actually get grass-fed ground beef now at Costco. What I would do is just don't like, you're not doing anything wrong by eating within your budget. You can still just get regular ground beef and it's still going to be rich in heme iron and B vitamins and all those things. So try Costco for a little bit and you can get grass-fed ground beef for a pretty, you know, cheap discount. You can get coconut oil there pretty cheap. You can get Simple Mills crackers pretty cheap. Figure out where you can go to find the best deals and do that. I actually love the idea of prioritizing more frozen food. I actually, when I was helping people back in the day, I had somebody who said, I just, I don't really like to like keep a lot of food in the fridge. I work all the time and all of it always goes bad. So then I just order, I'm just order out. Like it was like this resistance to like eating fresh foods. And I was like, why don't you just get frozen so that then you can like cook broccoli in a skillet straight from the from the freezer? And she was like, oh, my gosh, I never really thought about that. Like, I just thought that that wasn't an option. And I'm like, no, that's an option. Like, uh, of course, like if that fits your lifestyle and your budget, do it. You're not doing anything wrong, you know, and I think we always are trying. Of course, there's like we're proponents of quality, but you can actually find quality at a budget too. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you can make your concessions where you need to make your concessions and, you know, try to focus on, okay, what's priority? I want to get really good nutrient-rich eggs that are that are from happy hens. And so I'm going to find a place that that I can get them affordably. For my husband and I, and what we've had to do throughout the many seasons and ups and downs financially of our life is we choose a different lifestyle than most people. We do not ever order out. We have never once, I don't even have an Uber Eats account. I don't like, we just don't do that. Now we have started doing a little bit of that um, once COVID hit, like we were getting our groceries delivered, but that was for free. And we started getting like one meal ordered, you know, every few weeks. Um, But still it's so insanely expensive to order out, to eat out, to 
like, you know, go to restaurants, go to bars. We don't really drink alcohol. We're never drinking alcohol. Those little things that a lot of people pour their money into, we decide to pour it. We decided early on, especially when we were really struggling to pour it into the food that we were eating and supplements. <laughs> like he's my husband's like, dude, the supplements, <laughs> because with the immune support, I'm trying to provide my kids and their supplements and our supplements, especially him with his thyroid stuff. It's, it's a lot. So it's like, okay, it's, it's a different way of living. We put more of our money towards eating and food and eating at home. And we don't live the way a lot of people typically live when it comes to how you engage with food. So I say that with the utmost respect for your current situation. You could be doing all of that also. I have no idea. But a lot of people are in that situation right now. It's alarming when you go into the grocery store and you think, what am I spending now on butter? Like it just, it's gotten, it's hard. And I know it. it's like, you know, it's it's a struggle for a lot of people. So you just do the best that you can. Don't don't feel bad about getting the non-organic broccoli. If if it means not getting broccoli, just don't buy organic. We ended up stopping buying organic and and we made it a pr- like we did not and I, we still don't get organic avocados. We don't get organic bananas. There's just certain things that we that I know that are like, you know, look at the dirty dozen, prioritize where you can, but also know that it's okay to like choose the cheapest option. It's really okay. You're, you're just trying to work with when you're working within a budget um, and your, your budget and what works for you. I take Element Electrolytes daily now, and it has helped everything from fatigue to headaches, even motion sickness on car rides. And you can get a free eight pack with any and every order with our discount code. If you are regularly active in hot or humid conditions or you follow a whole foods diet, you likely need to be proactive about replacing your electrolytes. In fact, in some of the research, it's found that during strenuous activity, you can lose between 400 and 1200 milligrams of sodium per hour. Electrolytes are minerals. They are like the spark plugs in the body because they are responsible for 20,000 reactions, including the creation of energy. Deficiencies can show up as dizziness, muscle cramps, tension, headaches, fatigue, sleep disturbances, and even some symptoms of HPA axis dysfunction. One of my favorite ways to replace minerals is with Element. I started supplementing with Element after workouts, and it made a huge difference almost immediately in my energy and the dizziness I used to experience on workout days. Element makes grab-and-go electrolyte replacement packs. There is no sugar, gluten fillers, or artificial ingredients. I have stacked it up against a lot of competitors, and it is one of the only ones that uses magnesium malate as the form of magnesium. Most others use magnesium citrate, which is a known laxative and has really poor absorbability. To use it, you just tear open a pack, pour, and stir it in water, and then sip. I've actually been mixing up half a packet for my kids when they are sick, outside playing on hot days, or when my daughter's at gymnastics practice. I always have some on hand because with sports and workouts and sickness is going around and even gardening, it makes a huge difference. Right now, everyone, including new and current customers, can get a free eight pack of Element with every order. 
Element comes in boxes of 30. There is free shipping on all orders, and now all orders will get a free eight-pack. To get Element, go to drinklmnt.com forward slash wellfed, and make sure to use the code wellfed. That will get you the free sample pack. You can also buy three boxes, get one free. Again, that's drinklmnt.com forward slash wellfed. Question number three is from Sarah. She says, tips on increasing stomach acid since including a high-quality digestive enzyme with each meal. My gut symptoms have improved dramatically. However, they are expensive and it's a pain to have to take every time I eat. I'd love to get my own stomach acid production going again. Just not sure how to do that. This is not my wheel. (laughs) I have a short answer for this. Sarah, first of all, I'm so excited for you that you found a digestive enzyme that is helpful. I'm guessing it has some sort of betaine HCL, like the digestive enzyme from MD Logic. I absolutely love it. It's actually pretty darn affordable and it has HCL in it so that it it's supporting your own stomach acid production. I think that's awesome. So first, let's like be very excited that you found something that really helps. This is how I feel. I'm like, I found something that actually really helps me. Like I'm not, I'm not screwing up my digestion every morning, like when I wake up. I love that for you. Improving your own stomach acid production, as sucky as it sounds, the one thing that decreases supplement or stomach acid production is stress. When you are chronically stressed, all digestive juices and your own stomach acid decreases. So that could include not sleeping enough, external factors that might be stressing you out, relationships, your own ability to manage your own contentment and your own personal expectations and your happiness and positivity and, you know, what's disrupting your peace and chronic inflammation, inflammatory, like all the things like we're not going to go into it. But so you've got to be able to identify those sources of stress and, you know, support. That's the number one thing you can do to support your own stomach acid production. The second thing, which is a more actionable based tip, is making sure that you're eating in a parasympathetic state. I think most of us are pretty used to eating in a stressed out state. We're used to eating in front of the computer or in front of, you know, while we're working or while we're driving because we're a go, go, go society. That is a recipe for digestive disaster. If you are eating in a non-sympathetic state, your your fight or flight, your go, 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 again, your digestive processes are downregulated, stomach acid is reduced, and so you're going to inhibit digestion. So make sure that you're eating in a parasympathetic state. You're present while you're eating. You're taking the deep breaths. um, You are pausing and you're eating. That's really the second strongest thing you can do. There are some recommendations that you can take little shots of very, very, very diluted apple cider vinegar before you, I think it's like one teaspoon in eight ounces of water, something you can start very small and you can drink that before you eat. See if that helps. A lot of people poo-poo on drinking while you're eating because that dilutes your own stomach juices and stomach acid production. I don't think that's the root. I think that there, if if you're not digesting your food, there's more going on than just you drinking during your eating. Um, So you can support it with maybe a little bit of apple cider vinegar and see if that helps, like you doing that beforehand. Other than that, I would keep taking the digestive enzymes and see if that supports your own body's ability to properly digest food. So you can can you can experiment with supplementing with betaine, just betaine HCL or, you know, this digestive enzyme and slowly not supplement after you've, you know, let's say you've taken it regularly for a couple of months 
pulling back and seeing if your body is now out of a state of stress and you know, you're now your digestive juices and your stomach acid has been properly supported. So now that your body is able to to take over a little bit better and do it on its own. So you can just kind of experiment with how am I, what am I doing and, and can I pull back a little bit in the future? Anything from you on that? Uh, no, I don't know a whole lot about stomach acid. So got it. Question number four. The last one is from Lexi. This is pretty quick. She says, can you talk about SPF for faith? I never got sunspots until last year when I turned 30. And now I use Beauty Counter's face protection daily, but I'm wondering if I need to wear it if it's cloudy or even if it's sunny in the winter. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the UV is strong enough and still need it. Thanks. I'm going to go ahead and make a supplementary recommendation, which is for hats. I always... You are a hat fan. You know, I I hate the way I look in them, period. And it's funny because, well, I have to wear them because of my light sensitivity, but um, it has the added benefit of like unambiguously protecting my face. (laughs) I find that SPF in most products, um, I don't like the way it like feels going on my face or like looks or whatever. Fortunately, uh, most products have advanced to such a degree that they're great. You know, Beauty Counters stuff is great. Other brands that add SPF to their foundation or to their moisturizer are great. SPF does you know, wear off over time if you apply it early in the morning and it's a low SPF and it doesn't, you know, you're going to be outside all day or later in the day, it might not be doing much. You know, you can't, can't really know for sure. Always good to err on the side of caution and have some, uh, but for that, like, I like to, I like to just wear hats. That's just me, you know? Um, and if you go to countries where people are like quite wary of the sun, like they, they do hats. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just leave that at that. And for the nuances of SPF care, I'll pass it to Noelle because she knows a lot about beauty counter and SPF. Gosh, I can't get over the hats. One day I'm a mother. One day I'm a lover. Do you, do you know this song? I don't Amy? know that song, no. Amy Grant, so 90s. She has a song called Hats. You got to listen to it. It's your theme song. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Love it. Do you need to wear it daily? I say this gritting my teeth but yes um because i hate it and i don't like i don't like putting more things on my face but yes you can actually still so the sun is aging um it's radiation and it is causing aging that's just what the sun does it is really beautiful you get a nice tanned face but your skin is aging so <laughs> yes you can actually still get blue light blue light actually impacts your skin and ages you from looking at your computer. So wearing SPF daily is a must. And even in the winter, it's still aging your skin. So if you, you know, a lot of people will say the number one anti-aging tip is to wear sunscreen daily. I don't know if that's the number one tip, but I do think it's pretty darn important. I have a powder that I use that has mineral. I use face um, foundation, powder foundation. And it has a mineral SPF in it. And so I wear that daily, obviously, with my makeup when I head when I go outside into the world. I'm not the best about wearing SPF on my face daily when I don't have makeup on. I'm just going to be honest about that. I, I'm 
some days I don't wake up and wash my face. And so I just am not putting it on. But when I'm washing my face and I'm putting on makeup, it's always on. I'm going to get better about it. It's just one of those things, one of those habits that I need to adapt. And I'm working on some other habits right now, like making sure I put my frownies on every night. And I'll make the time for the SPF habit adaptation soon. But it is, yeah, wearing a hat, um, covering your face, even when you're looking at your computer screen is is important. And it's it's the number one thing you can do for an aging, aging skin on your face. If you want to prevent wrinkles, wear an SPF. A lot of people are, I love, I love all lots of clean beauty brands. I use a lot of different clean beauty brands. I have tried a lot of sunscreens. The number one sunscreen, though, is the Counter Match Face Sunscreen. It's a mineral lightweight sheer mineral sunscreen from Beauty Counter. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And that's what I recommend. I'll link to it in the show notes. But that is definitely what I recommend for a daily face sunscreen. Do not put thick, greasy body sunscreen on your face. Don't do it. Especially mineral based. Don't do it. It's going to clog your pores and feel greasy and be gross. Use a lightweight sheer one. You wash your face, you put your moisturizer on, you put your sunscreen over top of your moisturizer, then your makeup on. That's all I got. Anything else from you? Now I'm going to send you some face sunscreen because I'm pretty sure I have an extra tube. What do you want? I have a whole counter of beauty counter stuff. I'm excited to send you some stuff. Whoa. You know, because I haven't, I actually, because I've been out of country, I haven't bought any beauty counter stuff in a long time. I know. So. Coming your way. That would I be cool. I can't wait to just send you all the stuff. And I've got all the resources. Oh, uh, she's going to suck me back in, fam. <laughs> Watch, I'm going to be a public scholar advocate plus beauty counter advocate. <laughs> Well, I want you, I want to make you, I don't want you to make an advocate for anything, but I really want you to try some of the stuff. Like, <laughs> just really awesome. want you to try some of it. Not not just beauty counter. I'm talking about like my magnesium. I really mm-hmm. want you to try Organifi. You may not, you, you may be sensitive to some of the stuff and that's fine too. But like, yeah, I have a that's new exciting. hair serum that I'm using. I'm just ready. I'm ready for you to be, we're in the same time zone. It's states that are touching each other. This is region. We're, same we're, region. we're in the mid-Atlantic. Wait, are you mid-Atlantic? Yes. We're here. We're like, this is, we're in our prime. Our friendship is in its prime. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) All right. Anything else from you? No. Thank you. All right. For more from Stephanie at Stephanie Ruper on Twitter. For more from me at Coconuts and Kettlebells on Instagram. Thanks for being here, guys. We'll talk to you next week.